just dongle town in there. Welcome to Make Before Break, our podcast about the struggle in doing meaningful work. Neither of us knows who we are or what we're doing here or who's going to intro this talk, so uh, let's just start that again. <laughs> no, no, you know what? We're going live to tape today, Frank. That's that's it. Uh, I, my name is Angelo. I am uh, web dev, uh, iOS dev, Mac dev person, I guess. And with me as always... I'm Frank, Master GIF Artisan. Yes, we've uh, you, you've shared some of your artisanal GIF creations with me on uh, on iMessage. They're pretty cool. Is that for a talk you're working on? Um, it's actually for some articles that I'm writing, and yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Like what you can get done with Keynote and a bit of Magic Move. Oh my goodness. Keynote is really um, surprisingly powerful. You know, I, I've, I've always looked at it as just like, it's a slightly better PowerPoint. No, it, it's really like, this is clearly an app that was, got a lot of attention by, uh, by, by, by Steve back in the day. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, to seeing it. Uh, a quick pro tip for the keynote users out there. Uh, if you're ever building a talk or a presentation, put it in outline mode and just type out your your outline to your presentation and it's going to automatically create all the slides and stuff. It's amazing. It's the best way to start out. Cool. So uh, what's new, Frank? What, what's been a little while? What, what's on your mind? Uh, okay, so a little while ago, I got a new bag, and I was really excited to talk about this bag, but you know, it ended up being the end of the year, and we did episodes on goal setting and like yearly retros, um, so now I'm finally able to talk about the Everyday Backpack. Yeah, this V2. is uh, something that's been like, getting bumped from episode to episode and uh like in the in the notes and i am i'm very curious to, I, i'm very particular about bags so i'm very curious to find out more about this um, what do you love about this why is this bag so great okay so hang on first a bit of backstory okay i've been i guess searching for a bag that i like for <laughs> probably the past what like three or four years um up until now, I was using, uh, surprisingly, a Lululemon backpack. Um, it was black. It was nice, nondescript. Uh, but the laptop compartment thing ended up not, like, it kind of gave out. So I traded it in for another bag, and that one I really didn't like it as much. And it also looked like an alien. So a few months ago, like on the Cortex podcast, mm -hmm. um, they were talking about their bag setup. And both Mike and Gray uh, talked about how they're using the everyday backpack. So I figured like, hmm, this might be the one. And on Black Friday, they 
released their Everyday Backpack V2. So that's the one that I got. And I've been using it ever since then. And my goodness, Angelo, finally, after all this struggle, I have a backpack that I like. Our long national nightmare is over. Uh, It's made by Everyday. That's the name of the company or that's the name of the model? So the company is called Peak Design. Okay, yeah, I know Peak. And they mostly make stuff for photographers and... Yeah, like it's this is I guess you could consider it a photography bag. Mm-hmm. But what's nice about it is how modular it is. And that's kind of like the big selling. So point. tell me about the modularity then. Okay. So the way it works is that um you have one small compartment for I guess like laptop and tablet. Uh also very nice by the way is that <laughs> there are separate compartments for the laptop and your iPad. So they're not, you know, rubbing up against each other. Nice. Yeah. So there's one compartment for those two things. And then there's like the big, like the bulk of the backpack is like this big compartment um, that you can access pretty much from all sides. Like you can access from the right. from the left, from the right, and from the top. Yeah, I'm looking at it on the website right now. That's it. So on the site itself, they're showing it with a bunch of camera gear stuffed in either side. And you'll notice on the website, uh, there's like these little shelves right. in, the, in the bag. So what these are, these are Velcro shelves that you can remove or that you can place however you want. Right, right. And these shelves can fold as well. So oh. you can have it as like a... I don't know, like like a shelf, like an actual shelf, right? So you can stack things one on top of the other. But you can also partially fold them to have like something long that that like stands up in your bag. It's it's really honestly it's quite impressive. <laughs> so you can you can also fold it and make little cubbies for, for smaller items. So, so it's like a little you know, flop around water. everywhere. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a small pantry that you can wear on your back. It's <laughs> it looks pretty cool. Precisely. Yeah, and there's tons of storage in this thing. And there's what's nice about it is that there's a lot of like really small nice features in there. There's a lot of like additional security um with like through like the straps that they have. Uh there's also um, straps you can carry things on the outside or if you're carrying something like a tripod um, there's like built-in ways to like strap it to the outside of your bag if you want right right so with all of this stuff in mind like holy crap like it's been great um this thing is perfect for like tech <laughs> yeah it looks i mean they're not cheap that's for sure but looks really nice yeah and it's also I find like the perfect bag for like day trips. Right on. So yeah. say for say for example, if I'm going to um Toronto for a meetup, you know? Mm-hmm. Um usually what I'll do is I'll take the train from here, get to Toronto in time for the meetup, and then have an Airbnb and then take the train back home the next day. Right. So like I mean I don't need I don't need a suitcase, right? Like I just need to change of clothes, I need to bring my laptop. 
um, you know, like essential toiletries and stuff. And that's pretty much it. And like this bag is perfect for that. And not only that, but you can set it up in a way that all of these things are accessible, like all the time. There's no like fumbling through like some like it's it's not just like this big gaping hole of like where you throw stuff in and you're like mixing dirty clothes with clean yeah, clothes and, like yeah. there's none of that. It's nice and orderly. It's thoughtful. Did I mention how much I love this bag? You seem to like the bag. And what's more, this is the first time that I have a backpack that people actually recognize. So I've I've been stopped really? like two or three times by people who are like, hey, nice bag. Or, hey, is that the Peak Design bag? Can I see it? So. Interesting. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm part, I'm part of the in crowd now. Doing it for the street cred. That's how I roll. Yeah, why not? I mean, um, I, I have like a pretty nondescript black bag like the one that you were kind of like yeah it's fine it's a black bag um and it's made by PackSafe. and one of the nice things about the PackSafe products uh you you were talking about security stuff um these bags are meant to be like well nothing's theft proof but um the for example there's a mesh sort of like a steel mesh between the lining and the outer shell of the entire bag so that like if somebody tries to slash through it and pull stuff out of it can't do it the straps have uh like i don't know exactly what the material is they call it dyneema but it's the same kind of thing you can't slash the strap to like you know pull it off me and, and and run um, the zippers all clip and you can lock them together with locks and they've got like RFID blocking pockets and stuff. Although I'm, I'm kind of thinking that the, uh, that mesh inside there was probably going to also act like some kind of, uh, Faraday cage or something. Anyways, all kinds mm. of really great features. And it also just, it just looks like a black school bag, good size, plenty of protection for, you know, cushioning my Mac and you know enough room for tossing stuff in it but it doesn't have great organization inside it, you know and that's kind of with these USB-C Macs you, you kind of need that kind of thing you need a, an extra little bit of <laughs> <laughs> some you know little compartment or else it's just dongle town in there um, there you go but otherwise I really like it it's pretty comfortable to wear it's you know um, nicely padded so it's good. It's good. I like backpacks. I like bags in general. And I've had to like... Oh, this, man, me too. Yeah, I, I've had to like, you know, take my collection down to just one or two bags because it was just getting ridiculous. So there you go. But that's cool. I'm glad you like the bag. Uh, a, a tip to... um, If you signed up for Flickr Pro over the holidays, um, you, I think, get a discount on Peak design bags and i think it's a relatively good discount i think it's something like 20 percent. don't quote me on that but if you uh did go ahead and sign up during that push that uh they were doing trying to get people to uh to to join the platform uh take a look at some of the perks you've got there and uh maybe pick yourself up a, a new bag 
also for what it's worth like the v1 models of all of their bags are like heavily discounted right now Ooh. um and they're honestly like they're great bags so you can just go on amazon and, and pick one up if you want nice i think at like a 30 percent discount that's cool and what else is new it's been so long since we spoke ah oh, i know man um what else is new well okay so i have there's this funny thing that happened over the holidays so you know how over the past year i've been like subtly throwing shade at evernote and notion kind of i mean well guess guess which apps have found their way back into my life in a very meaningful way I'm thinking that I should say Evernote and Notion here. Exactly. So what happened? So, I know, right? What happened? Um, let, let's start with Evernote. Sure. So I came across this sort of like, I guess, organization or archiving methodology called Para. So this is something... Uh, by Diego Forte. He runs like a, I guess like a productivity consultancy. Um, he has online courses and stuff. And one of the things that he talks about is Para, which is essentially the, I guess the organ is like the, the archiving method that goes hand in hand with GTD. Okay. Because GTD doesn't really talk too much about that. You know, they say like, have a tickler file, have like, you know, long-term storage and good luck. Yeah, right. Um, but now with like computers and with the rise of, you know, like all of this information that we need to handle, uh, you know, that falls, I've, at least for, for myself, it's fallen apart, you know, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've also tried things like Zettelkasten um, to try and like manage right, uh, right. like that, that knowledge stuff better. But even that's been, uh, even that's been tough. Just like, cause like the input is so like laborious, mm-hmm. right? So, Para, essentially, it's four big... So, it's an acronym about, like, four big areas where you can archive your things. Uh, Para stands for Projects, Areas, Research, and Archive. So, projects are, um, like, research that you have for ongoing projects. Okay. Areas is, I guess, like, the archiving for... uh, you know, like the areas of focus in your life. Sure. Research is things that you're actively researching, but that don't quite fall into one of those two buckets. And then archive is stuff that was in one of those buckets, but is no longer there anymore. Okay. But you still want to, you know, keep it around. Uh, and turns out that this translates really well to like stacks of notebooks in Evernote. Hmm, okay. So say, for example, for projects that I'm working on, um, I have a stack in Evernote called Projects. Um, in there, I have a notebook for, for each of the projects for which I have like stuff that needs to be organized. And I mean, this is Evernote, right? Like you can throw anything at it. You can throw yeah. like audio clips, video, like scanned PDFs. Um, web clipping scan handwriting it was you know like that was one of its killer features was how it could ocr your terrible cursive writing 
Not your. T- I mean the. You mean you mean yours? Yeah. <laughs> so like you can it, it getting stuff inside Evernote is really yeah, easy. Absolutely right. Like they they make that part as frictionless as possible. And yeah, and then it's just I don't know. It's like this this structure has given me you know just a new way to look at like data and like archiving things you know like i don't need like this whole backlog of you know stuff that i've accumulated over the past like five years at my fingertips all the time right yeah no i need the stuff for the projects that i'm actively working on i need the stuff that is part of like you know the my day-to-day life and the areas for which i'm uh, I'm accountable for, mm-hmm. and I need, you know, like accessible buckets for research that I'm doing that will, you know, probably become a project in the future. And man, this has been working out really well for me. Now, are you using one of the free plans? Or are you using a premium plan with Evernote for this? I'm using a premium plan. Okay. I don't remember why. <laughs> I had actually I had a premium plan in in the past, so like I had signed up for it and just didn't use it. So now like it's given a new meaning to right, right. That that 2019 purchase seems that like you need that if you want to annotate PDFs or forward emails to Evernote if Oh, okay. Um what else does this get you? You can search for text inside PDFs with the premium plan or see a version history. So otherwise, you don't get that kind of OCR stuff. So maybe maybe that's it. Yeah, so that's so I, that's like the Evernote side of, of this thing. Right. Um, and I found it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just been it's just been working really well. Cool. And then okay. Notion as well. Yeah, so Notion. Let's get into Notion. Let's. So I feel like I finally got Notion. <laughs> because up until now, I didn't quite... I mean, I, under, like, I understood what it did, but I didn't quite, you know, grok the, 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 the potential that it had. Right. right? Uh, and then I ended up watching a video by... Oh man, I don't even remember his name. But Josh, some YouTube video. It, the guy makes uh, videos about like essentially like college productivity stuff, and he made like a forty-minute-long video about like how him uh, and his team uses Notion to produce videos. Cool on YouTube, and this is where I saw like, wow, okay, this stuff is super powerful. He had essentially like, you know, a database with like all the videos, um, different views to see like, okay, like here's the, like the big list of videos. Here right. is, you know, like a Kanban board to show like video status. Um, and then they were all like inter, like they were linked with um, databases of like B-roll that they had to wow. like, put into their videos. Um, all of this stuff. And I thought like, 
this sounds like exactly the type of thing that I need for my website and like writing articles. Yeah, I mean, we um I mean, we use it to organize the vast quantities of data and preparation that we do for for this podcast. <laughs> and uh <laughs> uh I've used it in the past in a in a in a work uh, environment it's it's uh, very powerful very flexible but i think that you know any tool that is powerful and flexible ends up that you find it to be like really hard to see the point of it you know or like how right. you can how you can best apply it to what you want to do is maybe a better way of putting that if that makes yeah, sense yeah it's like a little too open ended right yeah that's it a sharp tool that's very specific, you know exactly what to use it for, but something that's kind of like um, a Swiss army knife, you know, like you carry it around and you never find you actually need it because you probably have a bunch of other little tools. And it's only when you get, you have that aha moment, you know, of like, okay, this is how it works. So yeah, there you go. So now I've, I've I've started to migrate a lot of the stuff that I had like in other systems. So like like I was able to move like a lot of junk out of of OmniFocus mm-hmm. that wasn't that wasn't getting the love it deserved. Right. I was able to move stuff out of Trello, which I checked maybe you know like once every couple of weeks. Yep. Um. So I was able to move all of that into Notion, and now I feel like you know I have something that I can build on and. That is like genuinely helpful, like especially when it comes to answering the question, like what's the next thing, you know? And that transition, how's that been going for you? Was it pretty smooth? Was it like, oh my goodness, everything's on fire? The transition was was fine. I mean, when you when you go from something that doesn't work to something that does, yeah, it, it definitely feels good, you know? Yeah, for sure. But there's a learning curve nonetheless, so you know. It can be like sometimes you you almost wonder, was it worth all of this? <laughs> you know, all this effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think after seeing like the the YouTube video, I was I was like sold from the from the offset. Nice. You know, like I I could see like okay, this is going to work for me. Uh, but moving, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. of course that you know moving everything over is a bit of a pain, and it doesn't. I think maybe my one gripe with Notion is that it doesn't seem to be a very like scriptable or automatable app. No, we were exploring that a while back uh, to see, is there an API we could use with this? Is there, you know, mm, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we found kind of a private API or at least like an undocumented public API, which is always the worst kind of API to try to script against because... It's going to change, and you're going to be caught wondering why everything broke, you know, uh, especially yeah. if it's something that you end up relying on, you know. So um, uh, I think that's still on their roadmap, but I don't think it's gotten there yet. Their search has gotten way better, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I saw that. But uh, yeah, so I think that's probably like the like the last thing that I need is, you know, either a way to hook this thing up to Zapier or even perhaps like if there was a way to like import, I don't know, like an, have an Airtable yep. database like in Notion, like that would be great. Because then like <laughs> I don't care about the Notion API, I just care about the Airtable yeah, API. Yeah, you should be able to do that. 
Um, I'm pretty sure we had set something like that up because you can just embed things right into a Notion page as well, right? As an iframe. In a... Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hmm. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to look into that. Hey. Pre- <laughs> I am pretty sure Airtable is one of those embeds that'll work real nicely. I know we were obviously like, let's embed glitch apps in this. Yes, that works perfectly well. No problem. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll work. But um, don't quote me on it and... Um, your mileage may vary. Um, okay, I'm going to go try that out. Let's wrap this all up. Right. Bye, Angelo. Thanks. <laughs> okay, no. Um, but that's cool. Wow. I'm really... That's that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, not a fan of working against Airtable's API. I think that their API documentation is really cool, but I've... Working with related tables seems to be... Just give me a good old SQL. <laughs> you know? like, I understand SQL. I don't understand. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you found something because you're right. Um, that kind of stuff just doesn't belong in a task management app like OmniFocus to store reference material, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. It's And it's always tough. Like there's always like this this sort of I don't know this tension between like OmniFocus which is a strict task manager and like mm-hmm. creative work right yeah sure sure and I don't know I've always felt that this was a problem uh, and now it's a bit less of a problem so yay, yay. yeah I um, I've been speaking of task yeah, managers yeah I've been pulling a lot of stuff out of OmniFocus as well um I, Let's get into yeah, that. Yeah, I used to have uh, one folder full of a bunch of single action lists. So just mm-hmm. stuff like, you know, operational, very like um, day-to-day kind of nitty-gritty things that weren't really part of a project, but they kind of related to an area of concern. So, uh, you know, stuff about this podcast, stuff about, you know... Um, to do at home stuff to do uh at work uh stuff to do related to like my hugo themes things like that and then i had mm-hmm. like projects like actual goal based like i want to do x in this amount of time uh so all of those single action lists i've pulled out of omnifocus and i've taken the huge risk of putting them into reminders <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you know what? Like it's weird, but since this whole debacle with uh iOS 13 and 13.1 and Catalina and and just the mess that reminders turned into, um I don't feel very comfortable with this just yet. Fair enough. But it does happen a lot where I have tasks like that in OmniFocus that I it's either like I need to be able to share them out basically like hey I want you mm-hmm. to do this so like I'll just create a, a shared list um, so that's one of the main reasons I've been doing that 
And I also want to like focus down, experiment with focusing down what goes into OmniFocus. I had like tracking lists in there for like, here's stuff that I'm, I'm you know, thinking about shopping for or that I th- I'm thinking about reading mm-hmm. or thinking about watching or whatever. And enough, you know, like I, this isn't stuff that was actually going anywhere in OmniFocus. It was just a place where it lived. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So it had to um, it had to be purged, Frank. It had to be purged. Um, I also like the goal-based projects that I had there. I called most of them. Um, And that was largely because what I was noticing was that I was just adding projects every time I had an idea of a project, right? Rather than Mm. putting it into a someday maybe list or whatever you want to call it, that's what would happen. So I was like, no, you know what? Forget it. The only thing that goes in here is stuff relating to like my my big three for 2020. Um, and if they don't, then I need to have a very, very good reason to put it in here. Um, I'm kind of going working under the assumption that like if I keep coming back to a project idea, over let's say a couple of months then okay maybe now it makes sense to do it you know Fair but enough. if i just yeah, have yeah. like um off the cuff idea to make some little app or whatever i i don't need to track this in omnifocus you know because then it becomes less so a uh place for all my trusted like this is what i gotta do and more of a just a cluttered junk drawer for what it's worth I have a someday maybe software projects list and that list has saved me so much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about <laughs> it a little bit and I'm a big fan of that list. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm not even putting it on the list uh, on on like a someday maybe list until it comes back to me a couple of times, right. I think, you know? Until like it really eats at you where you're yeah, like I exactly. need to do this. Exactly. Cuz I get distracted by we we talked about this in um in a the uh annual retro um episode i think that like i get distracted easily by these things you know my distractions are not things like uh, i'm gonna go watch tv or i'm gonna go like check out reddit or whatever it's more like i'm going to just like put time and energy and attention into this instead of some other goal that i've been you know having um no progress on making no progress on uh yeah it's and you know like that's that's working so far pretty well but i've also started experimenting with you know what what if instead of omnifocus and even like gtd kind of well it's still kind of gtd um for tracking some of my 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 work with glitch um i'm now instead going all in on text files there's something about text files so specifically oh man yeah yeah specifically i love i love how like this is the episode where i talk about evernote and you talk about text files. i know right right <laughs> um so specifically i'm working with markdown markdown files and uh task paper file mm-hmm. uh task paper is kind of like a format um that breaks down 
a list into a project, which is just kind of like a, a line item with a co- colon. Then tasks under that project are indented. They start with a dash, a space, and then the the the, the task itself. Uh, you can tag things with the at symbol. So like mm-hmm. at today to do it today or at waiting for like I'm waiting on this or uh, when you do the thing at done. And you can put it in brackets like when it was done or whatever, uh, which is really nice. And the way I've organized all of this, I've got a daily journal kind of text file. So every day a okay. new text file, that's my daily journal which starts with my top three things to get done. Then notes on everything that I do. Then like at the end of the day, I don't leave until I've put in my top three for the next day. So that's the, you know, the the daily journal. That all gets kind of like consolidated into a weekly retro that I've talked about many times before in another text file. Mm-hmm. And I've got a... For, you know, each sort of sub-project there, a formatted markdown file that has some, like, front matter, like YAML front matter, Mm -hmm. including what the last update was, like, when the last update was, what the next action is. And stuff from my journal gets dumped in there. So if I'm working on Project X... I'll make a note in the journal. Oh, yes. Project X. I, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a Project X. Uh, put it into the Project X markdown file, uh, which is like just reference, and then indicate what the next action is on that. So it all kind of ties together, like the idea of big rocks, of next actions, journaling, weekly retros. It all kind of comes together. There's a little bit of automation going on in there with uh, the good old Hazel. But mm. I'm also thinking about like, if I, you know, keep these things to like a format, uh, maybe some kind of like Swift command line app could, oh. you know, uh, oh. instead of having to copy paste things back and forth, maybe like collect things together, you know, like that kind of thing. So, <laughs> this sounds like a someday maybe software it project. Sounds like, yeah, well, this is, uh, I don't know. It sounds like something interesting, that's for sure. So this is one of those things that have just been coming back to the more and more I've been refining this this way of working. Uh, and because it's something that I keep coming back to, it's something that I'm allowing myself to explore. Mm. You see what I mean? So I yeah. See. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been interesting. It's been interesting. This sounds really cool. I like I like the like, the minimalism of it. It's, you know, um, I, I heard somebody say this on a podcast. Uh, it's like a minimum viable productivity system or oh, something. Yeah. That sounds, that's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's a good turn of phrase. You could run this on like a Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, well, maybe. But uh, yeah, so, you, technically you could. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of things about, uh, of things like Emacs org mode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. like not exactly inspired by that, but sort of, you know, um, text files, they're, they're, they're pretty awesome. So we'll see. 
so what what do you use exactly to like manage all of these text files you just is it just like you know file system and like vim visual studio code and the file system yeah Oh, there yeah, you go. Because yeah. the nice Very thing cool. about you know VS Code is that it's got so many extensions, including I, I do use Task Paper. I have uh, Task Paper. I purchased the license for that, which is very cool, and it does things like you know archiving all your done tasks and stuff like that. Um, but there's also extensions for VS Code for things like mm. read a task and OmniFocus will import and export Task Paper format, as you may or may not know. Um, so I guess that made that must have helped yeah, with it like did. moving over. It absolutely <laughs> did, you know. So so yeah, it's um, thanks Omni. They're the best. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty interesting, and uh, uh, between that and keeping like very very focused on that hierarchy I talked about of like the big three for the year inform the big three for the quarter inform the big three for the month inform the big three for the week inform the big three for the day day to day um i've been pretty effective at keeping my focus more so than before which is really nice it it feels really good there you go that's and that's the key right you don't always get where you need to go but at least you see some some progress and you see less distraction which like uh, frustrated me no end, you know? So, yeah. I really like how you have, like, not only the tasks in there, but you also have, like, this built-in, like, self-reflection. Like, that, I think, is an amazing habit to have. Like, just, you know, taking a moment throughout your day to, like, jot down, like, what have you done? You know, maybe what was effective, what wasn't. Yeah, it's been that's great. It's been really effective, and you know what? Like, it's it's also nice to just write down, like, "Hey, you know what? I had a terrible night's sleep last night, and I'm looking at these, you know, my my top three for today, and I I can tell myself, hey, listen, uh, don't sweat it if you don't get it all done, you know, like." And you just kind of like write that out for yourself. You start off writing out how annoyed you are about not having slept well, and it ends up with being like a little bit of like tender discipline, as as uh, as we've talked about before, which is nice. Mm. Oh man, that's good. I'm happy for you. Wow, it's it, it, it sounds like you really uh, honed into this thing. Well, we're getting there. I don't think we're all the way there yet. Um, I think there's more that I can do around some of the self-reflection stuff, but, um, getting there, that's for sure. I'm going to write up, uh, a whole article on how this works, maybe a series of articles. So please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I'll definitely read it. I just need to figure out how to like plan out all of that discussion Say, Frank, do you have any tips on how to plan out a a series of articles or a workshop or a talk? It's funny you mentioned that, Angelo. <laughs> We're so good uh, at segues, so, aren't we? Oh, it's wonderful. Recently, like, I've gotten into mind mapping, like, really big. And this is, I mean, I've always done mind mapping a little bit, you know, like I've dabbled yep. in it from time to time in order to, you know, to get things off my mind. And I thought it was really great for that. 
but now I'm using it more to like plan. So I'm building a workshop on iOS accessibility. Nice. So, Hey, this hasn't been announced yet. So now it is, uh, I'll be giving it at try Swift and I'll be doing some like online general admission stuff, uh, later on. Which try Swift are you speaking at? Try Swift Tokyo. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, so yeah, so and and like I'm planning this, right? And I'm pretty much going through every WWDC video since 2012. Wow. On accessibility to see, you know, cuz I find with this stuff like I mean, I I've implemented I've implemented accessibility like plenty of times in the past, but you never mm-hmm. quite see the whole picture unless you've like you know watched those videos and you kind of like see when they like unveil new uh new api and that right, kind of gives right, you like right. the full breadth of you know their solution right and so i've been going through these videos and i've been essentially i started with a mind map i started with like one of the first videos from like 2012 and i've been slowly adding to it you know removing nodes adding more nodes removing things that become obsolete um, and replacing them with like the newer stuff nice. uh, like throughout the years. And I've pretty much ended up with like this wonderful, this wonderfully large uh, tree of, um, <laughs> right. Of like content that, uh, that I can teach. And I think like, wow, I'm going to build everything this way. Like this is, <laughs> this is amazing. It, you know, it, mind mapping is one of those, um, concepts that's always drawn me and i've like bought every version of my node since i think version three or something they're up to version seven now (laughs) but i you know for whatever reason i just have yet to find quite the right way to approach the, the the methodology or or maybe I'm trying too hard to fit a methodology to something that should be maybe more free form, you know, Uh, I linked sometimes it's, it's hard to see the opportunity to mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I linked to in, in, uh, in a recent article, I I linked to a, um, a post by Brett Terpstra on how he uses mind mapping to brainstorm. Uh, and in there are a bunch of like related posts for like, uh, mind mapping for a new project or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this might do it for me. This might, you know, like just give me that aha moment that we were talking about before, but I'm, it's still just not quite getting there, but I don't, I haven't been spending time with it either. So like, I think I need to sit with it and I've got to hold space for mind mapping and let it speak to me, you know, like just sort of stop fighting it and trying I need to see things in a very organized and methodical fashion in front of me. And right. that's probably not the best way to start with a mind map. So maybe that's the what I need to let go of a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, for me, I find mind maps are... They work better when they're these things that you add to over time. So say... Sure. If you're reading a book, you know, like a lot. So the talk that I'm working on, um, I'm going through a lot of books and through a lot of research. And this, again, is this thing that's just, you know, it's just constantly growing. And it's 
it, there's like nodes everywhere and like some nodes have like one yeah one sure. word of text other nodes have like whole paragraphs but i feel like it's this kind of like organic it's like an organic thinking tool right sure and i've found it really helpful and it also helps that i i got on the <laughs> i got on the beta for for uh, MindNode. Okay. Because they announced, because they were working on tags. Right, yeah, yeah. So, they uh, just uh, released that, I think, today, maybe. We're yeah, recording. it released, I think it released today. <laughs> yeah. So I've, so I've been on the beta and I've been trying that stuff out. That al- that also kind of like reinvigorated my, um, like my enthusiasm yeah, for, sure. for, for mind mapping. I'm like, oh, I have to test this app. Cool. So yeah, there you go, mind maps. But you know what? You mentioned like those articles from, Be- from uh, Brett Terpstra. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, A, I want to read them, and right. B, uh, I I feel like you know I could probably write a few on like the different mind maps that that help me. You should. Like, I mean, I I I use these things for um for like view controller hierarchies and iOS apps and stuff. Like it's like legitimately helpful. Yeah, right. You recently posted um an article on uh like container view controllers and context view controllers and then content view controllers and it looked like you were using some kind of mind mapping tool for some of the diagrams in there exactly Take us from massive view controllers to mini view controllers it's like a whole new definition of mvc it's great um that was that was a great article uh yeah so yeah please do share your knowledge I uh, I always appreciate that, and uh, I'll add the links uh, to uh, Brett Terpstra's mind mapping articles to the show notes. Um, anything you want to talk about or promote as we wrap it up today? Um, well, I'll be speaking at Trey Swift, so if you're there, come say hi. If you have any like cool Tokyo tips. Send them this way. And when are you? Uh, when's that happening? So it is on. So I okay. So I'm in Japan from the 14th of March until the 24th. Nice. And the conference is from the 18th to the 20th. So I have a little buffer before and I have a little buffer after to uh, hang out with people, get to know folks, and get over the jet lag. Voila. Yeah. <laughs> the buffer before is for that. And the buffer after is to hang out with iOS people. Right on. Fantastic. What about yourself, Angelo? Do you want to send our listeners anywhere? Uh, I'm posting more and more often on, on my site. Look at that. I'm sharing things. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. So, um, yeah, uh, you can go to angelostavro.com and have a look at what may or may not be interesting to you. You know, I'm still going to write it. Um and that's that's everything. Thanks everyone for listening. Frank, thanks for spending some time today. Absolutely. And we'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Peace out, super friends. You've been listening to Make Before Break, a podcast about the struggle in doing meaningful work. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you left a review on iTunes. We don't do ads, so if you'd like to help offset our production costs, you can buy us a coffee 
Links are in this episode's show notes. Visit us on the web at makebeforebreak.com, follow us on Twitter at makebeforebreak, or send an email to hello at makebeforebreak.com. Thank you.